0: Welcome to the T&D podcast brought to you by TomTom. We think you're trucking awesome, you deserve a trucking awesome app. That's why today we're excited to talk about the ultimate trucking companion, TomTom Go Navigation. With premium features designed to make every delivery a breeze, Go Navigation ensures you reach your destination efficiently and stress-free. Hello and welcome to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin and I'm joined today by a guest who we had on once before a while ago, new member of Team Truck and Driver, it's Joe Ashton. How are you doing, Joe?
1: Not so bad, well, thanks, Dougie, you?
0: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. It's a cold, frosty day here. We're on the cusp of uh, an Arctic blast. Arctic blast, oh, not Arctic you. blast. Yeah, <laughs> we're supposed to be getting a whole load of snow, but it's missing central Scotland where I am. Looks like you might be getting hit with it.
1: Yeah, it seems like it. Usually, I sort of don't tend to pay much notice because usually, when they say our oh, country's going to ground to hot with snow, it usually means that Aviemore's forecast a dusting, and that's about it. But yeah, it seems that the northwest is sort of due to get a bit so. Yeah, see what happens tomorrow. Yeah,
0: it's it's a weird one. They've been threatening it for ages. You get a load of clickbait from all the, the newspapers or their websites saying, oh, it's going to be really bad. But we'll see. It just depends. The country grinds to halt because loads of people simply can't drive in snow. Yeah. Or they don't, you know, they're running about in bald tyres and things. That's a big. A big part of it. But anyway, now, when we spoke to you before, you had, a, you had a different job and the conversation came about, it was based around telematics or the incorrect use versus responsible use of telematics.
1: Yeah, that was a couple of years ago now,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was, um, might have been pandemic era stuff that, round about then. I don't think it would be before it. So 21-22 is a bit of a blur, it all kind of merged into one another.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But um yeah, so you start you have um changed your job and you're now working for G and J Shuttleworth.
1: Yeah, that's it. So yeah, um last job, like like you mentioned before, like telematics. Um I was sort of driver supervisor for industrial laundry, mainly sort of seven and a half tonnes, eighteen tonnes, couple of sprinters with a sort of team of about thirteen drivers to look after and support. Whereas yeah, now the office was just getting bombarded and driver shortage, so I was out on the road all the time, plus needing to Sort of do all my office jobs and things like that as well. It was just getting a bit too much, so decided stuff it. Go back to being being a driver, and um, yep. not just a driver, because obviously there's a lot more than other than just driving.
0: Yeah, well, do you want to tell people a bit about Shuttleworth? Um, readers of the magazine will know a bit about them because they were actually featured in the DAF special, where they had um, they've got some pretty interesting trucks. Uh, across the, the range, we are kind of focused on the dafts. But you tell us a bit about um, how you got started with Shuttleworth and a little bit about the company as well for people that maybe don't know.
1: Yeah, so um, Shuttleworth I've sort of known for for, for a bit because I used to deliver into them on my last job. It's all tankers and mainly dairy dairy industry tankers. It's a family firm, so son and dad still run the company. Um, John and Graham just started off doing sort of traction only work and sort of curtain sides and just pretty much whatever would cover and pay, pay the bills. And started going down the tanker route. And now we've sort of got 26 trucks on the fleet, all tankers, mainly dairy industry, quite a few big contracts for Ahler and Muller and um, some of the ho- wholesalers. Mm. Um, yeah. It's not just sort of milk, it's sort of milk, creams, butter oils. We also do o- orange juice for a dairy as well. So I know a lot of people with the milkmen and things might get sort of glass bottles with orange juice as well as milk. And um, mm. a lot of dairies get that delivered in bulk so we'll walk up with a tank with sort of ten liters of orange juice in as well
0: mm-hmm. it was graham that i interviewed uh for the magazine and i was really i was really impressed by his whole company way his ethos and the, the way that he he wanted to run the company and that you know that the way that they'd uh, expanded and what they'd done it seems like a uh, it seems like a good place to work
1: yeah it's sort of a proper family company still with sort of proper family values and when i started there i had a uh, some that was born sort of six months into into my start and even though sort of all the rules and things i didn't qualify for paternity leave and um, when he turned up i had sort of two weeks off that they paid us for and without taking on to my holiday and yeah they sort of look after your staff and it's dead laid back you just sort of get your message in the afternoon what your plan is for the following day and you just sort of left to get on with it really you're not sort of tracked and hounded around like that as long as you're hitting your booking times and and things yeah you just just left it on with it. Yeah. So you already you already had your C plus E class one, but you hadn't
0: used it for a while before you went back into Shuttleworth. So you were getting back, sort of back into the swing of things.
1: Yeah. So I passed my CE. It was just nine nine years before I started at Shuttleworth, and yeah, just never used it. And I thought, right, well, I'll I might, I've, I've paid for it. I might as well give it a try and put it to some use. So yeah. So i had done little bits over the last couple of years because when I was at Johnson's, I was sort of training some sort of existing old grandfather right seven seven and a half tonne drives up to get their see. So when they were sort of learning all the theory tests and trying to get the head around what dog clips are and Susie's and things for the questions on the theory test it was struggling to sink in with a couple of them so got in touch with sort of a mate that I know is that runs one of the fleets on Haitian docks doing all the Irish export stuff. So we went round to his yard for a couple of afternoons with the drivers to just practising dropping and swapping trailers so at least when they get a question about asking what a red airline does they actually they've sort of spent the afternoon connecting them all up and up, like learning the systems on the trucks and things like that mm-hmm. but that was pretty much my whole total sort of nine years of CE experience before starting at Shuttleworth so yeah I had sort of a couple of days on the road with one of their sort of existing drivers sort of training us up and sort of sat in passenger seat whilst I'm getting a couple of miles under my belt to get back into the swing of things and yeah, it didn't take too long before I was back up to speed again and yeah, away we went.
0: That's good. So it was moving into, you were doing a lot of office stuff on top yeah. of driving. So the, the job at Shuttleworth is more kind of primarily driving.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I'm I'm just one of the drivers again. So during sort of the odd quiet day and things like that, I've sort of been knocking around the yard and helping out in the office and things like that. But sort of nothing on paper, only just sort of when we're quiet, just sort of helping out. We sort of... Mm-hmm. Where, where i can um because it's one of them that everyone sort of mucks in so we've got drivers that are ex-fitters and things like that that when it's quite on the road they'll sort of go into a workshop tell the workshop out there's fitters most of the fitters obviously have the licenses as well so when we're busy or if they want a bit of extra pocket money they might do sort of an evening shift or a weekend shift on their days off and things like that so yeah, so i've sort of helped out a bit in the office when we're being quiet. I tend to do quite a lot of the new starter training. So if you get any new starters that haven't done tanks before, they'll usually come out with us for sort of two or three days before they're let loose. But other than that, I'm, I'm just one of the drivers, really. Sort of no no responsibility other than sort of me and me trucking, getting my work done. Mm-hmm.
0: So what shift pattern are you on there? Are you away on the week? Are you doing day shift? How does it work?
1: So I'm on four on, four days on, four days off days. Um, so I'm back into the yard every night. Most of our drivers are trampers. There's me and two other lads that are on days. We've got two night lads that cover the week between them on four on four off, and then everyone else is trampers. And again, all the trampers are sort of on mix shifts. We've got some on four on four off, um, five on three off, a couple of lads on six on two off, and then we've got some lads that um, tramp just over weekends as well. So you might do like Friday to Monday over weekend, every weekend.
0: Yeah, I suppose the food industry is a 24-7 operation, so the requirement of the vehicles and the roads sort of all the time, how much uh, kind of shutdown do you get at Christmas? Do you get a big rush in the run-up to it, or is it kind of is it seasonal,
1: the tanker work? We're always busy, it just depends how busy we are. December's pretty busy, because um, you do a lot of cream, so there's sort of a bigger uptake of Cream deliveries into factories and things for everyone with the profiteroles and pots of cream for putting on the pudding and things over Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we are sort of flat out running up to Christmas. That slackens off sort of Christmas week, but we just we just sort of then back to our sort of tick over steady ways, sort of daily stuff. We do quite a lot of milk reload and things like that down to some of the dairies down south. So and then during the summer we're sort of busy with all the big dairy shutdowns. So the dairies will shut down for. Sort of about a week or so for any sort of routine maintenance and repair work and things like that. And any milk that would normally go into those dairies, well, obviously, you have to go elsewhere. So we do a lot of a lot of sort of the dairy shutdowns where we carting loads out to to other dairies and things. But yeah, we're, we're always busy, always got plenty of work on. Yeah, so starting as our last
0: kind of novice with the tankers, how much is how much is involved with the tanker side of things? Is it is it complex? I guess you must have to watch what you're doing uh to quite an extent to make sure that you don't you know load it with the wrong material or something I don't know I've
1: never done tanker a lot myself um it's it's not too bad it's, it's a bit of brain power when you get started, but a lot of it's sort of more the washing side of things and it's f- physical wise it's it, it's an easy job there's when you compare it to tautliners liners on general oil, it's just and sort of lobbing ratchet straps over and battling curtains and things like that. Mm-hmm. The, the most physical I do is either dropping us up in a trailer or dragging two pipes around to connect to the back of the tank. Do
0: the trailers have pumps on them? or the PTO operated, or does it work from equipment at the factory?
1: So most of our, re- what we call reload tanks, which is sort of the bulk of what we do, all the pumps and things are on the dairy side usually. So on the back of the tank, it's usually a pipe in for the wash, and then there's a pipe and runs to the top of the tank with spray balls on the inside at the top of the tank that sort of fires out pressurized water that spreads around the inside of the tank to rinse it and clean it out.
0: So, well, Is that like an automated process that so knows when the tank is clean you don't need to stick your head inside it and make sure there's no nothing left?
1: Yeah so it's, it's all sort of a sealed system so you just sort of connect two pipes to the back and um, one's your line water in and then one's your sort of dirty water out and then depending on the dairy a slightly different process each day but in a nutshell as soon as you set the wash off on the computer it just cycles through so it'll do a rinse and then it'll put the detergent and the cleaning chemicals in mm-hmm. and then once it's done that it'll do the rinses and then the system monitors sort of how dirty the water is coming out and the temperature of the water and things like that so as part of the final rinse it'll sort of cool the tank back down because the last thing you want to be doing is putting sort of cold milk into a tank that's like 20 odd degrees after, mm, after a wash. cottage cheese when it comes back out yeah. <laughs> Which I think some dairies might be a bit happy when you sort of deliver something in cheese, but other ones, obviously, they don't want. If, if, if they've ordered cream, they want cream, not cheese. <laughs> so that's all sort of monitored by the computer and the wash system and things like that to make sure everything's clean and everything's being brought back down to the right temperature and things like that. So, yeah. So, Shuttleworth are based
0: in the northwest of England.
1: Yeah. So, our main yard's Morecambe. We've got a truck that's sort of out based up in Penrith. And then we've got a little yard in just outside Wrexham as well, where we've got four-truck space down there as well.
0: Ah, the famous Wrexham.
1: Yeah. Well, ever since Ryan
0: Reynolds bought the football team and Rob yeah, that's I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so you start in Markham each day. How far How far do you get? Do you go north, south, kind of a whole load of different places, I guess?
1: Yeah, well, even in a day one, because because some of the work we're doing, we might have done the driver change and so I might come into the yard to a preloaded tank that someone's brought down from Scotland or whatever. So yeah, I can... About as far north as we go is um, Bridge of Allen, just north of Stirling. Oh, yeah, I've been in there. I know that one. We sort of did Graham's up at Bridge of Allen sort of quite regularly. I was there um, last week, actually, which is the first time for a while. So, yes, yeah, so that's about as far north as we do. We do a little, not a massive amount in Scotland. We used to do quite a bit out of Bells Hill, and um, we've got a couple of trucks into Lockerbie every day. But then, yeah, heading south, been sort of down as far south as Stroud, sort of glossed away do sort of quite a bit around sort of Chester and down to Telford and Minsterley. Don't do a massive amount on the East Coast, but I have done sort of Peterborough in a day as well where I've sort of... Mm, That's
0: a a decent track for Morecambe, Peterborough.
1: Yeah, I can just about do it in just over four hours. Both times I've done it have been sort of early doors Sunday morning when there's been no traffic. Ah,
0: that'll help.
1: I I, I think you'll be struggling to do it in a day run on a a weekday, but yeah, sort of first thing on a Sunday, um, preloaded tank out of Morecambe. Just over four hours straight into Peterborough, get tipped, and it's about sort of two and a half hours tipping down there with it being cream, and then, yeah, sort of run straight back to the Yard Empty again. Oh, that's a, that's all right. So you, you're quite enjoying it then? Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. Not nice, easy work, and yeah, dead relaxed, and plenty of variety as well. So, yeah, there's, I've probably got about 40, four five sites that I've done in the last sort of 18 months. So Well, wow, that's a lot. Yes, there's definitely plenty of variety to keep going. So at least you're sort of going into places that are designed for trucks and things. All the dairies are sort of well located well for arctics and things getting in. So at least that's one thing you're not having to panic about, going into a building site that the sat-nav doesn't even recognize a postcode and things like that. They are sort of decent mm-hmm. sites and things, but yeah, sort of 40-45 sites and things. You might you might go sort of six, eight months be- before going back to one of the sites. But yeah, there's, there's plenty of variety in it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now, tell us
0: a bit about the trucks. Do you have your own allocated truck? Are you hopping between them
1: all the mm. time? And do you have any favoured ones on the fleet out, the ones you've driven? So all, all, all the trampers have a sort of allocated truck. I don't have my own at the moment. There was talk um, about getting me getting one of them because we do. One of the loads that I do quite regularly is butch oil. So it's sort of red hot stuff that's kept at about 60 degrees in the tank. and. It's effectively just melted butter. But when we tip that, we use an air compressor. So, running off the PTO and off the truck, we sort of basically pressurize the tank, and sort of that air pressure sort of pushes the product out. And we've only got two or three trucks that have compressors fitted. So, when I'm on those loads, it's sort of hoping that one of those trucks will be in the yard and sort of swapping around. So, yeah, I was sort of lined up for one of the compressor trucks when one of the trampers went and left. and we've had to pack taken a couple more trampers on so that those trucks have gone back tramping again. So, yeah, I'm cab-hopping every shift, which for me, because I don't have a lot of kit and things like that, it's mm. it's not too, too much of a faff having to pack away every night and things like that. But at least I sort of get plenty of variety. So, yeah, one minute I'm yeah. be driving version 3 Globemaster. Next shift, it might be a manual DAF XF. And, yeah, we've got sort of a mi- mix of all sorts. We've got a couple of manuals on fleet. Most of it's autos. Most of it's DAF XFs. But again, we've got sort of low cabs, we've got Superspaces, manuals, autos, we've got the 105s and the 106s as well, so it's plenty of variety. And then we've got a little Volvo FM as well, which is quite nice driving that little pocket rocket around.
0: Yeah, they're, they're good, the low-height cabs, things like Volvo FMs, and you're sitting low to the ground. If you're not tramping in them all week, that low centre of gravity, I'd imagine that would work nicely with a tanker. It would sit well, sit well on the road. But it was interesting when I spoke to Graham because... The way that they'd like bought trucks, they'd bought some vehicles I think that were in need of maintenance and they were able to go and like rebuild them and put them back on the road. Sort of. So they were able to get some Euro six trucks for like tremendous value for money. And some of those, of course, included the kind of last manuals you're likely to encounter, mm. which is a DAF XF or potentially a CF, but on the full-size tractor units, XFs so I think they've got um twelves and sixteen speeds.
1: Yeah, all, all the manuals have got are the 12 speeds and the 3 over 3 with the splitter.
0: I really like that gearbox. I know that some people uh, that like manuals could never get used to it because when you're pulling down, you're not getting that gear. What, how does it It goes one and then across and up into third on the daft, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Does it
0: go down into second and then up into third?
1: Is it yes, fourth yeah. that's
0: missing on the daft? I can't remember now off the top of my head. Fourth that's meant the position under third's missing.
1: Yeah, the ones we've got, it's effectively second that's missing, so you go from... Ah, and then you, yeah, you drop down into neutral across and then back up again into second and then down to third, and then obviously flick into your um, high box and then fourth, fifth, So yeah, it does take a bit of getting used to when you're sort of going from first you use obviously pulling stick straight back, but obviously on this one you can't, you end up just uh, hitting the neutral gate and then you're having to sort of remember, oh, this one you need to come down and then back up again into next gear, so... Just take a bit of getting used to if you haven't driven one for a while, but yeah, they're really nice trucks and mm-hmm. easy to drive. And, and a, a lot of the times, having, even on the motorways, um, just knocking it down that half gear, will makes a big difference on the hills. And you can keep it on the limiter loaded for for a lot of hills. Just knocking that half gear down because yeah, automatics. If you if you take over and put it into manual and drop it, you've dropped a full gear, and before you know it, if you're not in the right rev bands for the torque, oh. and you losing speed and all sorts. But Yeah, that half gear can make a big difference. Uh, I remember
0: mentioning it before. When I drove for, I was doing a lot of driving at Drummond Distribution, and they had these twelve-speed one hundred and five XF Super Spaces with a five ten engine. Brilliant Mm. things. Absolutely loved the gearbox, but. They had people coming in like agency drivers and things that couldn't get them out the yard, and if they did get them out the yard, they were causing damage to them. So they, they took them off the runs that I was on and gave us all eco-moded up to the max Euro yeah. Six ones. And the the twelve-speed manuals were a speck in the distance the first day, and they left at the same time. It was just gone, uh, and I was re- I was really sad to go and lose lose those trucks. But of course, manuals do can create issues in companies yeah. if they're not sort of allocated to specific drivers that are able and willing to drive them. Some people just simply don't want anything to do with them anymore. I would consider that a rare treat to get a hold of one of them. But I know that some people listening would say that, but it's they're not for everybody these days. And I can understand with guys that have never encountered one, that's not their fault. But it comes down to your attitude when you do, your attitude should be, "Teach me, I don't know." Not I'm not driving that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that, that same for me. If I'd rather have sort of the variety and the change and a bit of a challenge and and all the rest of it. And I can I can sort of see if you're sort of around Birmingham and London and all the rest of it. And if you're sat in crawling traffic all day, mm. then yeah, you, you don't want to be driving manuals because your leg will be sort of knackered by the end of it, having to put the clutch all day. But for a lot of people that are out on the road all the time, then then yeah, I, I'm one of them that. it gives a challenge for a day and yeah like, like it's that thing isn't it they've it's been probably 10 years or so since you've been able to do an automatic license and still get manual entitlement and and nowadays like i said especially the bigger fleets and things, they were all automatic. So you, you could be driving sort of 15, 20 years and not actually ever see a manu- manual. And now, now it's got to be even rarer, isn't it? So
0: Yeah, I mean, there's guys that have probably spent the earlier part of their career driving crash boxes, mm. eating twin splitters, road rangers, things like that, that may not have driven one for 20 years because back in 2003, they got an iShift Volvo and that was the end of it. So that, these guys were probably experts it changing manuals at one point but now it's just you it would have um, lost it I do have I was th- I was thinking the other day I was like if I did end up going back out in a manual truck I do have Euro Truck Simulator and I've got the Scania gear lever there for it so I could have a bit of practice on that because it's fully set up like a normal 16 speed or 12 speed you can set it up for any combination of gears you want to you want to try out on if you wanted to get your Hand back in with it, but we yeah. shall see. I'm not sure. I'm not sure um, when the next time I might encounter a manual would be. Who knows? I'm trying to yeah. trying to get back out again and something else soon, but we'll, we shall see.
1: Yeah, well, that, that, your Simulator is quite handy as well because I've got to say I, I won't admit it to our planners and things, but when when I started at Shuttleworth because I've sort of played played it on and off a couple of times. So sort of when I've got spare time between sort of everything else going on. mm-hmm but yeah, I probably spent about a month or so. Most evenings, sort of before I started, was getting into it because I've sort of driven trailers and things plenty of times. But it's always sort of between behind cars and Land Rovers and things like that, mm-hmm. and boat trailers and things. So,
0: yeah, I think I've, it's, been, I, it's, it's I think it's useful
1: it help practicing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is handy. I think the game has definitely got a role to play in getting kids interested in trucks in the industry as well. The thing that I found about the gameplay was it was quite dry. There wasn't all the sort of an immersive depth to it. You were just kind of running about from A to B. And I was thinking if there was more of a kind of role-play aspect to it, if there was more sort of character-driven storylines as to where you could take your career but then again that's all comes down to how much they can invest in developing it because that would vastly complicate things but I've not put it on for about a year so if I do do it now it's going to spend a whole day doing updates I would think because it's going to be well out of sync by now but I did have a 600 horsepower Ford Alpha that I put a Cummins 14 litre in that was fun with straight sure. pipes on it you can't do that in real life <laughs>
1: Well, n- not unless you've got a decent enough checkbook and, <laughs> and all the rest of it. So yeah, it, it, it's good for things like that, isn't it? But when, when you sort of compare it to some of the other sort of simulators and things that are around, it's, I've sort of seen videos of like a firefighter's one where, mm. y- yeah, they're sort of driving the fire plants to the scene and everything's a bit naff and everything. It almost looks like there's strapped the firefighter to a roller skate because it, it doesn't sort of drive right. But actually when you get to the job and things, you're opening the lockers and connecting the, right fittings on the end of hoses and you come to a casualty and it will ask you all sorts of things about sort of diagnose, basically like doing a survey on the patient and how would we best treat them and all sorts of different sort of firefighter techniques of sort of smashing the roof into to be able to sort of vent the fire and things like that. So when, when you sort of look what computer games can do nowadays, if they sort of put some of that, like I say, some of the role-playing aspect into sort of the truck simulator and things, and even if it's just sort of climbing out of the cabin sort of climbing onto the catwalk and connecting the Susie in the right order and things like that it's it's a little bit more than just sort of clicking under it pressing a button on your keyboard and sort of driving and I think a lot of the time they sort of concentrate on all the scenery so they're always bringing sort of map updates out and expanding the maps and updating all the scenery and things so you could visit Berlin and drive past sort of landmarks and things and be able to recognise them from the real world but if I was sort of doing that as a recruiting tool gaming things then yeah you're sort of Factoring other things other than just the driving, because that's the. Everyone says that they're just a driver, but there's a lot more involved in than just driving the truck from A to B, isn't there? But on the game, it only concentrates on the driving side of things. It's yeah. not all to make a truck driver.
0: Yeah, it'd be good to go and pull up to a gatehouse or something and go and talk to somebody at it, and you get like a drop-down list of replies that you could go and say to him. you know, hello, I'm here to go and tip this load or
1: something. You know. Yeah, and if you press, if, if you press the wrong finger, you upset the gate guy and he tells you to park on road for six hours and <laughs> wait for yeah. shift.
0: All right, you're fat. I've got a load of stuff I want tipped now.
1: <laughs> yeah, go back <laughs> there. I'll deal with you in five minutes, drivers. Seven hours later, you're still parked upon road waiting.
0: Uh, forklift driver, options, friendly greeting, um, mm. abuse. <laughs> you yeah. have abused the forklift driver and have been banned off-site. <laughs> that would make it more fun.
1: Yeah, It'd certainly make it more realistic anyway, wouldn't it? And mm. add a bit more to it than just just driving the truck from A to B. And-
0: yeah, I thought it would be fun if you had the option to start running bent as well and then yeah. you could still have to like dodge the DVS and the police but there's no way they would ever put that in a game but it would be such fun to do the things that, you, that most people wouldn't do in real life yeah.
1: <laughs> gta meets euro trucks in later
0: yeah that would be good well, i don't know when gta 6 gta 6 is out next year the gta has usually got trucks in it but it's not
1: yeah.
0: it's usually quite arcade arcade style. Um, yeah. I don't have the time to go and play these games anymore. It takes too long to get immersed in them. I tried to play Red Dead Redemption 2 during lockdown, and it just took forever. You had to do so much stuff and going trips and about. I was like, this is just... I don't have the time for this.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like Gap's 22, isn't it? That Yeah, we sort of kids and things like that. I don't play computers anywhere near as much as I used to, but it's its one of them. You could go out and buy the new Call of Duty game, and if you sort of hammer it for two or three hours each evening, you, you could complete it within a week, and then other ones, like you said... GTA and Red Dead Redemption and all sort of the big open world ones. You you can be playing it like a couple of hours a night for weeks and not actually made any progress because it takes you that long to travel between places and, and things like that. it's so try to find that balance, of, isn't it? One one that doesn't take forever to play to complete when you're sort of limited on how much t- playing time you've got, but one mm-hmm. that you've just spent forty quid on a computer game, you complete it in a week, and it's like, right now what? <laughs>
0: Ah, oh, exactly. It was the same. I mean, going back to like Euro Truck Simulator, some of the jobs you could do on it, you could drive like right across to, well, pretty much the border with Russia and things. Yeah. It would take ages doing some of that. I mean, you're sitting on cruise control on the motorway, sitting there, you're like, yeah, this is a bit too much like work
1: now. <laughs> yeah, it's not if you're on short little trips in sort of up across the Alps doing like the Alpine passes and things like that. But yeah, if you're sort of doing a load from like Lisbon to St. Petersburg. If if you get like the map updates and things, you can sort of do that western side of Russia and Finland and all sorts now. So, yeah, I think the far- furthest you can do on sort of the gaming maps that Euro you know, Truck Simulator built themselves without like third-party add-ons and things, it's like Lisbon to St. Petersburg, and it might take you like six hours of driving, and it's almost that thing that you're thankful when you come up to a pay- payage in France or something because it actually forces you to slow down and do something for a minute before you back up to the and away you go again. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'll have to. I'll, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go and update it now, actually, and see what's changed in it. Because I know that Britain was one of the worst maps on it, because it was the first map that they put on it, and had a whole load of roundabouts and junctions that you'll never see in Britain. You know, crossing over dual carriageways and, and things. And none of it looked right. But as you got further into the new maps, it started to look more realistic and a lot better as you crossed into crossed into Europe and stuff. I've that's piqued my own curiosity of it now talking about that you're listening to the trucking driver podcast brought to you by tom tom the TomTom tom go navigation offers a specific set of truck features you can set your cargo and truck dimensions for specific routes so you can drive confidently on suitable roads making every journey efficient and reliable truck yet I'm quite excited because it's the 15th of January today and my new broadband uh, from BT arrives on the 17th and they've got to come and drill a hole in my house because my broadband's been like dial-up for ages. I can't, it's really difficult to upload these podcasts to get them sent to the editor. I've got to connect my phone into the laptop to use the 5G and uh, I'll be, looking for, I'll be much, more, much more capable of doing stuff once I get some decent internet for a change
1: a lot of them are doing the full like fibre to the property, aren't they? Where they'll yeah, drill your cables straight through your walls. So, yeah, with a bit of that, that should make a difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that should be. That should that should do the trick. So I mean you're on like you mentioned earlier, you're on four on four off. Was that was that something that you chose to do? Like to get a kind of I mean, you've got quite a decent balance on that. Obviously you'll get you get a good run on four on four off where you got a whole load of weekends off and then it transfers over into when you're working a few weekends in a row, but you do get a lot of time off.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of them sort of, since I left school it's always sort of been sort of Monday to Friday or it might have been like Monday's Saturday with a day off midweek or something. So Monday to Friday, by the time you get home Friday, even if you start of doing day work and you're home every evening, you sort of, by the end of the week, you're still sort of knackered. And some Saturday you, you spend all day recovering. And then Sunday's your only real day off again before you start it all up, start, start off again for, for the following week. Whereas I, I sort of knew we sort of make shifts and things like that. So I didn't sort of specifically ask for four on, four off. But when they offered it, it's like, well, yeah, that's sort of a decent life balance because, so I've sort of got two young kids, but both of them are sort of preschool age. So it's one of them, it doesn't matter if, I, if I'm working a weekend because I can still see them during the week and things like that when they're not at minders. And yeah, you've sort of got plenty of time. Like you say, you've got a couple of weekends off, but then you might be working a couple of weekends, but then you've got plenty of time then on your days off midweek where you can go places when it's not, places aren't as busy because if you go somewhere on a Wednesday or something, it's got to be a lot quieter than it is on a Saturday. So um, you sort of got that decent mix of, Um, still weekends around when you can sort of see friends and things that do the usual Monday to Friday work and time off midweek spend with the kids going places that are quieter and and yeah decent mix if you sort of do the maths it only works out that you're working sort of half of the year so I think it's like 60, 60 odd days less a year working than if you're doing a Monday to Friday job.
0: Yeah, that's all right. Your start time's fairly consistent.
1: Yeah. Um so I sort of prefer early starts. Um so most of my starts are sort of between sort of three and three and six ish usually. And then yeah, sort of finish by sort of late afternoon most days. They can be sort of long shifts. I've sort of done plenty of sort of thirteens, fourteens, plenty of fifteen hour days as well. But then I might do a 14 and a half hour day one day and then the following day, just to sort of balance your day out and everything, you might have a sort of eight, nine hour day. So it's it's not too bad for me. Over a month, I'm sort of averaging probably about 11-hour shifts.
0: That's, that's, all, that's all right. That's kind of tended what I used to do roughly on the eight-wheelers, was round about 11s over the over the course of things. It used to be out sort of between 50, 50, 55 hours a week, which, yeah. which was all right. That was always a good job, that, because I could go and play football on a Monday nights and things. I could go to midweek games. I could go to concerts at night. would be a bit hard going if you were up. Later than you needed to be because you had to set your alarm for five in the morning. But it was a, uh, it was um, oh, right, it was all right. That so the, the thing, the thing about tramping is, I mean, you do get the hours and you do get the, the variety and the enormous distance of it. But you're in the lorry all week, so there's advantages and there's advantages and disadvantages to different jobs. But I guess the good thing about driving these days is that there's infinite possibilities as to what shift you want. If you want days, you want nights, you want earlys you want late's Whatever you want to do, you should probably be able to find it. You want to go tramping all do, all week, every week, and max your hours out every time. Plenty of people would want you to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. That scene that nowadays, th- there's that many intru- industries nowadays, isn't it? Sort of twenty four seven. That yeah, you can if you if you want to do um, just evening shifts to be finished by midnight, you'll find somewhere that can that will do that work. Sort of finish, sort of start three four o'clock in the afternoon, be done by midnight. The work will be there and early starts and like you say sort of tramping and all sorts of like it, it, even just us we've got sort of four on four off right through to six on two off tramping tramping patterns and
0: mm-hmm.
1: even industries and things like that i was having a bit of a not an argument with someone on twitter but someone who just i think it was t french and they sort of put on um because they've got their little driving school mm-hmm. as well as the haulage so put um someone just passing the test and the guy there in front of truck with his certificate and everything and so someone had commented saying, "I don't know why people become truck drivers because the, the jobs are all the same." And it's like, "Well, they're not." And he like, said, "Oh yeah." Oh,
0: ignorant comment!
1: <laughs> yeah, and and it's like, it was so interesting and twining about how that he spends all his days stuck in RDC waiting rooms and things, and they're all the same, most depressing places you are. And it's like, "Well, get a job that doesn't involve RDCs." And he's like, "Well, n- n- uh, even if I move company, all the RDC work is is all the same." And it's all. I couldn't get through to his head that we'll find an industry that doesn't go anywhere near RDCs. If, if you can't cook, we've been stuck in an RDC waiting room for three hours. Yeah, I mean, there's the one pl- somewhere that doesn't deal with RDCs, and it's like...
0: Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of them. I know I know in some general haulage operations, you might not generally go near an RDC, but you have to go into one now and again, depending on what you've yeah. got on the thing. But there's no reason why you need to be in one all the time. And, of course, with RDCs, there's an enormous variety as well. Some of them are pretty good. Yeah. And some of them are hell on earth. You don't want to go, you really don't want to go anywhere near them. It, it just depends. And some, You might only get the bad ones now and again, but if you don't like what you're doing, it, I mean, depending on where you are in the country, if you're in some of the more remote areas, there isn't as much choice. But no. you, look at the variety. Everything goes on a truck. Everything.
1: That's If you sort of concentrate on fridges and things like that, obviously fridges will probably do a lot more RDC work than most other ones. But if you fed up on RDCs doing fridge work and things, like I say, go on curtain siders or go on tippers or tankers, and you've got stuff tankers where you don't need to do your ADRs and things like that, because a lot of people think of oh, tanker work, I need to do my ADR, and it's like, well, it, even chemicals and things. I've done sort of a bit of subby work when I'm at um for a couple of our other sort of tanker companies and things like that that's sort of chemical, but it's not ADR chemical and things, so it's – and there's mm-hmm. sort of plenty of places like that. or you do jump onto tippers and fair enough, you've got to live in the right place. If you want to do sort of forestry work and things like that, you've got to sort of be up towards Scotland where there's the work there. So it's one of them. I know not in every industry is available for everyone, but for a lot of people, there's, you don't have to commute too far to be able to get out of the industry and to get, to get into another industry still within truck driving. So, yeah, there's plenty of choice out there. And if you're getting fed up of driving... Mm-hmm. Have a, have sort of have a think about what what is it you don't like about driving, and see if just changing within the industry whether whether that'll get gets you away from whatever you're not liking about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Good point. there. now towards the end of last year, there was a commercial motor awards, and Graham Shuttleworth won one of those awards.
1: Yep. Yes. Yeah,
0: and so. Did you go to the Commercial Motor Awards at Birmingham? Because I've never been even though it's part of our company. Um, I probably could have blagged my way into it at some point, but there's usually something else on around that Around that night. I was at the Trucks Christmas event for that. So, you want to tell us a
1: bit about that? Yeah, um, I sort of wasn't expecting the invite, but yeah, Graham rung us up one day sort of saying we've been nominated for, for this award. Um, do you fancy coming down to the awards do? Um, and yeah, black tie and awards dues and things. aren't usually my cup of tea, but I thought we'll, we'll give it a whirl. So, yeah, um, there was about five or six of us from the company, plus um, Graham invited, invited a couple of sort of customers that put a lot of work our way down. Um, so we sort of filled the filled table down at Birmingham. And, yeah, it was a good night. So down at the Vox Conference Centre, which is sort of the back end of the NEC complex. And, yeah, sort of de- decent night and sort of decent drinks, decent entertainment afterwards, and... Yeah, it, yeah, it was a good deal. and we sort of knew we'd be nominated for the award. But yeah, on the night, it was quite surprised to find out that we won it as well. So um, yeah, we sort of been voted as Tanker Hall Year of the Year.
0: Yeah, I, I was when I was, I knew, he'd, um, I knew just after I would interviewed Graham that he'd um, that he'd won it because he'd mentioned that I'd, uh, because it's part of our company. I was able to find out um, who who the winners were. But obviously, I didn't, I couldn't mention it during no. the times so I actually knew <laughs> quite a bit before that. But no, it was good. I was really pleased that uh, he won it because I think he is deserving of that award with everything that, that the company had done. Like you say, they're a family-run company, and I, I really like what they've done with the trucks and the way that they've gradually built things up. Yeah. And they've got so they've got a couple of is it two new XGs now?
1: Yes, yeah, so we've got two new XGs. The bulk of the rest of the fleet's XF one hundred sixes. We've still got a couple of Euro, um, Euro 5 105s on the road. Then Volvos, we've got three FH version 4s. and We've got a version 3, the little FM. And then we've got, um, it doesn't do as much work as all the other ones, but we still got that 95XF as well.
0: Yeah, that's kind of his baby, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that, that's Graham and John's baby, but it, it still works.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting truck, that. It's very rare. It was a DAF, was it the 80th anniversary edition, or was it before that? I'm trying to think. It's a
1: 2003, isn't it? or a 2000- yeah, 2003. So yeah, it'll, it'll be about... Probably be about its year, I think, that one, yeah. Um, but it was sort of... The, it was the last 200 of the 95XFs that ran off the production line before they moved on to the 105s. Yeah, because
0: uh, these are the square head... These are square headlight models. Yeah. yeah. The very um, last of them with the glass lights in them. Um, and it's, I'd never seen one before, and I, I haven't seen another one. So I don't know how many um have survived but it's got cream leather interior on in it and it's not just the seats it's like the do like the whole thing's cream isn't
1: it yeah yes yeah, so that, that, that's it that, that was part of sort of the limited edition so the, the, the last 200 um that ran off the production line before they moved on to the 105s um has all was sort of limited edition and um, 150 they did as left-hand drive and it was only 50 that they that they produced right-hand drive
0: right oh I Wonder what became of most of them then, because that's the only one that is the only one that I've that I've seen. Got bet that's got bet that's good to drive. It's a five thirty as well, isn't it? Which yeah. they stopped doing and dropped it back down to five ten. I know it's probably it's probably not fantastic in fuel compared to modern trucks, but like it's still got enough technology in it for it yeah. to be viable to use. You know, still like regularly, you maybe wouldn't want to send it tramping week after week, but to jump in it and use it, I bet you that's good to drive that. I would, that, that will make a proper noise and it'll
1: just, yeah, that's it, especially when it's got um, twin straight stacks on the back of the um, cab as well. So, yeah, it it makes a fair old nice noise as that, especially when you're sort of loaded, chugging up a hill. It's, yeah, you can tell it's working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: oh it's good that good that so and also you've come on board uh for team trucking driver as well in the magazine and i think you've, you've got your second update which is coming in in the issue which comes out um I'll yeah, have, by the time this podcast comes out a lot of come out in the previous friday
1: yeah yeah it comes out on the 19th isn't it the next mag so yeah
0: yeah, that's right, and we get paid on the twentieth. Thank goodness, that has been a long month.
1: Yeah, obviously around Christmas, everyone always sort of thinks they're doing you a favour, paying you a week before Christmas, and then you realise it's like seven weeks before the next payday and end of January. So,
0: uh, oh, I've got my insurance to pay, which is eleven. I've got a trader's policy, so it's eleven hundred pounds on like the twenty ninth of December every year, cool. which is like the worst possible time for that. But I need, like, like I say, I'm hoping to get back out driving next week i'm waiting for volvo to confirm if they're going to give me that 460 turbo compound
1: yeah we, we managed to get older one of them last easter so yeah i had a 4, 460 turbo compound for for a week and yeah really nice drivers that one and yeah i was impressed with that
0: yeah they've got a lot of torque it's something like two. is it i think that the 500 2800 and the 460s maybe two 26 or 2, seven, but it's at really low revs and it's got quite a narrow power band on it, so they're just going to sit in that little narrow power band all the time and just lug away all day. So we'll see how it see how it goes. I hope, uh, hope I can get a hold of that because I need to get out sort of like uh, one week of sort of every month at least, anyway. With Andy editing the magazine now, I'm not exactly as hard pushed as I was. So uh, if I can go out and do that, then you know that's that's all good with me. <laughs>
1: But yeah. It'd be good to get on the road, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. So you are back at work on a Wednesday. Do you tend to know, do you know what you're doing sort of the day before or like prior to that or do
1: you just come in in the morning and it's a surprise? You you, you usually get a a message from the planners usually sort of about three, four o'clock the afternoon beforehand.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It gives us a bit of time to sort of work out my start times and things and, and know what I'm doing, but yeah usually by sort certainly by four o'clock is usually got the bang for the next day
0: mm-hmm. oh that's good that that's good well that's us racked up 45 minutes on this now joe it's been a pleasure to catch up with you again uh, i'll get you back on again in a few weeks time and we'll catch up see how you're getting on with things uh glad to have you on team trucking driver cool thank you very much yeah
1: cheers Dougie. thanks all the best
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Trucking Driver podcast, proudly sponsored by TomTom. As a special thanks to our listeners for trucking through the holiday season, we're giving away one month free of TomTom Go Navigation Truck. Simply download the Go Navigation app and use the code TRUCKYEAH. That's T-R-U-C-K-Y-E-A-H when subscribing. Safe travels, folks.